Welcome to the Impact Columbus podcast. It's season three, and this season we're focusing on the journey to and through early parenthood. Along the way, we're sharing content around pregnancy, delivery, and all things baby. This month, we are joined by Dr. Rachel Reed, OBGYN physician, to talk about what to expect in the second trimester of pregnancy. So, Dr. Reed, I'll let you introduce yourself. Great. Thank you, Patty. Uh, I'm Dr. Rachel Reed. I'm an OBGYN here in Columbus, Indiana. I've been practicing here for a little over 13 years, um, doing full-spectrum OB and GYN care. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think I've delivered, I'm pushing almost 2,000 babies in this community um, in my 13-plus years here. How many like kindergarten classrooms is that? I, I don't like, know. I'd have to do the math. Like it's a hundred, probably like ish. It, it's yeah. That's a lot that's of a lot, babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them are mine. There so, you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're two of the best. I mean, uh, <laughs> depends on the day, right? <laughs> that's right. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, we are here to chat about second trimester, mm-hmm. which, as we kind of were talking in our our episode about first trimesters, the best that's trimester, right. the golden so. trimester. We're really excited about this. Mm-hmm. It's when you're like looking cute, maybe yes. not throwing up so much. Yep. Not really panicked about having to care for an infant yet. That's exactly not super right. Super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've gotten through that first trimester. We're probably feeling maybe a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, we're into our second trimester. So what are the major differences uh, about the second trimester versus the first? Yeah, absolutely. So second trimester goes from about 14 weeks to 28 weeks. Um, it's often called the golden trimester because you're starting to feel better. Um, you're feeling like yourself again. Mm-hmm. You are starting to experience pregnancy, but not really all of the discomfort and aches and pains that come in the third trimester. Um, so That's many women, episode. yeah, that, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Many women just find that it really just is part of one of the most enjoyable times. Yeah. Um, as far as what's different, one, one of the big things that happens in the second trimester is most women will start to feel fetal movements. Um, typically, first-time moms will start to usually feel those somewhere between 18 and 22 weeks. Um, women who have had babies before will sometimes feel them earlier, although I always sort of explain that anything that you feel prior to 20 weeks is always a bonus movement. Mm-hmm. Babies are certainly moving by 10 weeks but we often can't perceive those movements. So if you are feeling something sooner, that is awesome, but don't expect it. Don't freak out or worry Mm. if you feel something one day and then you don't feel it again for two more weeks, you know, when you're in these like 18, 19, 20 week range, that's completely normal. Mm -hmm. Once a woman starts to feel fetal movements, it's typically another month before anybody can feel anything on the outside. So I always tell my moms that those movements initially are all for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she did all that hard work in the yep, first She gets to enjoy it to start. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The other big thing that will happen is the baby bump will pop out, which a lot of moms are waiting for, they're excited for. Mm-hmm. I always see that the teens are a pudgy stage, meaning from about 14 to 20 weeks, you're like in this pudgy stage mm-hmm. where you don't really look pregnant, mm-hmm. but your skinny jeans don't fit anymore either. Right. Like you try the trick yeah. with like the hair, the tie hair tie trick, mm-hmm. to like, like get a little more in yep. like one, all you can eat buffet away from like you're done. Yep. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. What's in the, I don't know. And then we just all move to yoga pants. We're all happy anyways. And we just stay there yes. until your kids are in college or longer. Um, right. No, but, no judgment. Maybe just forever. Um, but by about 20 weeks or so between 20 and 22 weeks for first time moms, that baby bump will finally pop out mm-hmm. and it will no longer look just a little pudgy and it'll be a visible bump, um, that people will, will really be able to identify when women have had babies before say. Yep, that bump will pop out sooner, especially in a thinner woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, my analogy is always the uterus is like a big balloon. 
the first time you inflate a balloon, there's a lot of resistance and it takes a long time to inflate. So it takes a long time to show. Mm-hmm. Every time after you, that, that you inflate that balloon, there's less resistance. Um, and so it inflates faster and faster. Now it doesn't get any bigger than its maximum size. You just sort of get there faster. Mm-hmm. So a woman having baby number four, who's, you know, relatively thin, she's probably going to have a pretty visible bump by as early as 12 to 14 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Patty's like, yep. Been there. Yes. Yeah. So I always sort of warn my, my moms, those moms that they're going to show pretty quickly. And if they're trying to keep it a secret, yeah. it's not going to stay a secret for very long. Yeah. I remember being like convinced I was having twins again. Yep. I was like, there is no way that this is just one human in there. I was like yes. 10 weeks and wearing like, Oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't sad about wearing maternity pants already because they're comfy for life. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but for my first time moms, um, you're not going to really have that bump at all until sometime after 20 weeks, mm-hmm. you'll wake up at 22 weeks and all of a sudden there'll be a bump that yeah. morning and it's what you've been waiting for. Yeah. Like this is the day. That's right. All right. I can do this. Yes. So, you know, we're talking about mom's size mm-hmm. changing. How big of a baby are we talking about during these weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go back to our fruit analogy, right? Love Everybody the loves the fruit. Um, although I've got some vegetable analogies too. Uh, Any sort of fauna. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we all know food. So we'll go back to 12 weeks because that's sort of wrapping up the first trimester. 12 mm-hmm. weeks, we're looking about a, the size of a plum or a small apple. By 16 weeks, we're looking at a little more avocado, maybe pear like size, a large pear, I guess. By 20 weeks, we're looking at an artichoke. Um, okay. Yeah, they're like about like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 weeks, an ear of corn. So now we start to look like, at like more length. like lengthening. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, like a medium sized ear of corn. In the end, we're like, weeks. yes, I know what that is. Yeah, okay. yeah I was going to say all of our, yes, yes. All our Hoosiers yes. know what we're talking right. about. Not quite a tenderloin, but. <laughs> Nope. Never that big. Um, Unless they're my kid. <laughs> it's true. And then at 28 weeks, we're looking at an eggplant. Um, the other thing, by about 28 weeks, um, which again, that's wrapping up the second trimester, mm-hmm. transitioning to the third, you're looking at a baby that weighs right around somewhere between two and two and a half pounds. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning of your second trimester, so right around 14 weeks when it started, you were looking at about three ounces. So for actually, I get the question a lot about size or weight. How much does the baby weigh at mm-hmm. this stage? So you start your second, this is a growing trimester. You start your second trimester with your baby weighing three ounces and you end with your baby weighing two, two, right around two and a half pounds. So it's a big change yeah. in that time. I remember like when they started going to weights, mm-hmm. like being kind of freaked out by it. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's like a Oh. Like a like a person. Yeah, we're talking about like weight, real measurements, right? Now. Like I'm like mm-hmm. I could go to the store and like yeah. weigh that out. Mm-hmm. Like, hurry, like this, this is, is actually real. happening. Yeah, right. Like they're oh, mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Um, I know we talked a lot in the first trimester about what you should be doing or shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. Does that change at all during the second? Not a lot during the second. Um, most of your activities can stay the same as they would have in the first trimester. I always encourage throughout all of pregnancy, my pregnant woman to stay active, staying active in general is going to help you to have an easier pregnancy delivery and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, your, what you can do or like your intensity often starts to be modified at this point. Um, so my women will often, if they're runners, they might slow down. They might go shorter distances. Mm-hmm. I always just sort of encourage women, listen to your body, Um, but it's okay to sweat. It's okay to breathe hard. It's okay to have a high heart rate in pregnancy. Staying active is going to be important. Your basic exercise 
classes. You're basically what you could do at the gym, your beach body workouts, your ferals, your taekwondo, mm-hmm. your kickboxing, none of your pure bar, all of that stuff. None of that is going to hurt this baby. Um, and staying active is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do need to start doing in the second trimester is you need to avoid your extreme sports. So the sports where there is a real risk of like physical harm for mm-hmm. mom, it gets a lot harder to take care of a pregnant woman as she gets into the second trimester who is also severely injured basically. So I'm talking no white things. Whitewater rafting. Yeah, whitewater rafting, scuba diving because of the pressure changes, although you can snorkel, that's completely fine. Um I say things like bungee jumping, downhill skiing. Um, These are all things parasailing. Like, like even non-pregnant. I'm like, uh, no, pass. Yeah, pass nothing I have those. any interest in. But I right. do have some, you know, people who do yeah. extreme sports, and so, um, you know, I'm always. I just want to caution those pe- people yeah. away from those activities. The other big one that I get locally is horseback riding. Mm. Um, and I don't know that we have. There's no like strict guidelines about this, but I typically encourage most of my women who ride horses to stop by about 20 weeks. Their center of gravity changes just enough by 20 weeks that a fall becomes a real concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and falling from the height of a horse could start to cause some injury, certainly yeah. to mom, but yeah. also to the pregnancy at that point. Mm-hmm. Less than 20 weeks, you're probably okay. You haven't had as much gravity changes. Um, now, you can still do, like, bike riding. People are always like, well, if I can't ride a horse, can I ride a bike? It's not the process of, like, sitting, like, astride a horse. Yeah. It's the fall risk. Yeah. A fall from a bicycle is a very different thing yeah. than a fall off of a horse and maybe even getting kicked or stepped on by the horse. And so locally, that's actually probably the one activity that I have mm-hmm. more women really have to, to change their lifestyle for a brief period of time because yeah. of that. Again, not Yeah, not really not so much me, life. but yeah. you'd be surprised But here. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Yep, there's it's a lot of people thing. that have some horses I'm really here. I'm really just praying my daughter does not discover horses. It's an expensive sport, expensive. too. Yes. No, thank you. Yeah. It's chasing waterfalls as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so outside of, oh, let's, I, I didn't prep you for this, Uh-oh. but it's just not going to be hard. How many visits yeah. can you expect to have in your second trimester? Absolutely. So, well, typically we're doing visits um, every four weeks still okay. through the second trimester. Um, and so... And we're doing visits, I guess we'd actually even touch on it every Mm -hmm. four weeks through the first trimester typically as well. Um, And then it is as we get into the third trimester that we, for otherwise low-risk pregnancies, that we start to see women more frequently. So every four weeks, so um, 16, 20, 24, four visits maybe Okay, about that time. And in those visits, like what typically? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and in general, at all of your your visits, you're going to have – we're going to check your weight. Mm-hmm. We're going to check your blood pressure. We're going to check women's urine. Looking specifically, we're not looking for infection. We're looking for protein and sugar. Um, high protein levels in urine samples can be a sign of a high blood pressure problem. Mm-hmm. And then sugar can be a sign of pregnancy diabetes that we might see signs of sooner than the standard test. So we're always going to do that at all of your visits. Um, if you've not had an ultrasound that day, and most most visits women won't have ultrasounds, we're going to listen to the baby's heartbeat with something called a Doppler. Um and so we just do that um, on their bellies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll be able to listen to baby's heartbeat. And then after 20 weeks, we'll measure a woman at every visit with a measuring tape. It really is just a measuring tape. And that is how we're assessing baby's growth through most of your pregnancy. It seems like the most non-scientific thing ever. Mm-hmm. I am amazed mm-hmm. at how accurate it is. It really is. Yep. Like it's fascinating yeah. to me. It should be. So people always ask, well, you know, what do I measure? What does it mean? Um, we measure from the pubic bone to the top of the uterus. We measure in centimeters, 
After 20 weeks, that measurement within should be within two centimeters of however many weeks along she is. And if it's anything bigger or smaller than that, that could be a sign that we're looking at a, either a baby or amniotic fluid because we're looking really at the size of the uterus. Um, that's maybe bigger or smaller than it should be, and it would be an indication for an ultrasound. Yeah. We're also looking at sort of the interval growth. If at your last visit you measured 24, and at this visit you measured 28, and it's been four weeks, that's appropriate interval growth. We can feel really reassured by that. Is it just amazing that it matches up with the weeks like I know. That? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I don't know who figured it out. That'd be really A smart. million years ago, I guess. Yes. Yep. I don't know why. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. So, okay, we've got Doppler in them. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the wacky tape. Yep. The wacky tape. That's right. They're going to chat with you. Yep. We're going to chat. You'll have an ultrasound. You'll have your anatomy ultrasound in the second trimester mm -hmm. as well. This is the big ultrasound. People call it anatomy ultrasound, screening ultrasound, the gender ultrasound. Gender reveal. Um, so if you've not already found out, you, if you plan to find out if you're having a boy or girl and you've not already found out in that, you know, prior, you'll find that out. Um, and typically that ultrasound is done somewhere between 18 and 20 weeks. So in the middle of the second trimester. Um, so that's always a, an exciting visit. Yeah. I think being in the medical field somewhat, I'm always like, okay, kidneys look good. Like, <laughs> Have you seen four chambers in the heart? Okay. Will that anatomy good? And people are like, is it a work? I'm like, I don't care. Always. Yep. <laughs> like, but make sure of all brain that first. Like, is yes. all the flow good? And... Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious. Yes. There's just a lot more that happens in that ultrasound than it, just the gender. It is a really important appointment. And, um, you know, we only let, currently we only let that mom bring one person in the room with her. And there's some reasons around that and, and some of that happened with COVID. Um, but we'll probably not necessarily go back to having more people in the room um, for a couple of reasons. One, that ultrasound tech is doing a really important job. Yeah. Um, she's looking at a lot of different things and she's really trying to make sure that baby has been developing properly. And if there's a lot of conversation happening, a lot of people already doing their social media posts, which right. that like I'm still in the room. sometimes. Um, you know, that can just be distracting and she, she yeah. just may not be able to do as good a job as she otherwise would. And then, um, sometimes it's, you know, there are sometimes anomalies that we find yeah. congenital anomalies, maybe finding out with five people in the room isn't the right experience. And we really want to try to protect against that as much as we can. Yeah. I 100% support yes. that. So like, right. if you didn't put it in there and you're not helping to get out, <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you the in there. The same rule applies yeah. for labor yeah. delivery for me personally. Yes, so. there you go. And you can always, there's, you know, local places in most communities where people can do for fun ultrasounds. It's if, you know, they pay for that service, but it's not a medical ultrasound. There's no unsafe number of ultrasounds in pregnancy. And so it's not like it's dangerous mm -hmm. if you wanted at 30 weeks to pay for a for fun ultrasound and bring some family in so that they can take a look. Oh, I think that that's completely fine, completely appropriate. Yeah. But at your doctor's office, we're trying to make sure you have a healthy baby in there. And right. Right sort of need some space to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So we kind of went over what's, Oh, we didn't really talk about the glucose. Yes. Is that second trimester? Or third? It's sort of both. Okay. So it's really at that transition. Okay. Typically, um, we're going to do your pregnancy diabetes test, um, sort of the next set of lab work around 26 to 28 weeks. Okay. So it, depending on how your appointments are scheduled, um, it is either going to be at the end of the second trimester or the beginning of the third trimester. Um, we're gonna, again, test for pregnancy diabetes. We're going to repeat a blood count looking for pregnancy anemia at that point. It's mm. even if women weren't anemic at the beginning of their pregnancy, they're many women are anemic by this point. They've used up all their iron stores, making right. all this extra blood for this baby. Making a whole person. Right. Right. So we can start some iron. Um, we repeat a test for syphilis. Um, 
And then if a mom has a negative blood type, mm. she needs to get a Rogam shot. And so um, that happens at that visit as well. And the Rogam shot is sort of complicated to explain, yeah. but it's given to women who have negative blood types just in case they're pregnant with a baby with a positive blood type. It keeps their, their body's blood from sort of attacking that baby. Okay. That's maybe the most basic way to explain it. Only about 10 to 15% of people have negative blood types. So okay. it's not super common, but it's not rare either. It's something we're very used to. Yeah. Um, so is that something that you look at first trimester Yeah. And all that blood work? Yes. So the initial, in the, in, in the first trimester, um, often at that very first visit, you'll have, um, a whole panel of, of blood work done again, blood type, blood count. We look for a lot of, um, infectious diseases. We do an exam if it's indicated, get people caught up on things like pap smears, um, so we already know what that woman's blood type is. Yeah. And then it's in the second trimester, if she does need the Rogam shot, that we make sure she gets that. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Um, and I could talk about that Rogam thing all, all day because I think it's so fascinating <laughs> to you. It's really like, interesting. Right? Yeah. But it's probably too much for this today. Maybe a little but bit. But if ever somebody out there wants to talk about Rogam, Rogam mm -hmm. and that whole situation, find me because I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, right. I absolutely agree. It really is. It's like, what? Yes. How have you figured that out? Well, we had a lot of babies, a lot of stillbirths, a lot of losses because it used yes. to be a big cause of that until Rogam was figured, out. figured out and invented. Modern um, and medicine, yeah. man. It's why we used to have to have your blood type before you could get married. Oh. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. So you used to have to have blood types done before you could get married, get a marriage license. Oh. Because prior to Rogam, all they knew was that a negative blood type, but then a dad with a positive blood type has a really risky, potential risky mm -hmm. pregnancies. So would they not let you get married? I don't know that they would stop you from getting married, but it was, used to have to be, Interesting. you had to at least have the information. Huh. But Rogam's been around for over 50 years now, so it's, that's Perfect. almost a, sort of a historical oddity now. Sorry about the tangent. We have, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's really again, interesting. I could talk about it. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyway, so on. getting back to that, yeah. outside of these regular visits, mm -hmm. are there any like indications for when a mom should call her doctor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the second trimester, and it's hard because a lot happens in this trimester. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, there are some guidelines that apply for the second half of the, the second trimester, but not the first half. Um, but in the second trimester, we start to think about fetal movements. Mm -hmm. um, after 24 weeks or so, so just like the last month or so of the second trimester, you should feel daily movements. If you have a point in your day where you feel like, gosh, I don't think I felt this baby move at all today. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be much. We just have to feel a movement. Um, I always ask women to eat or drink something with some sugar. And then ideally lay on their side in a quiet room if they can just to help them focus and they should feel a movement on that next hour. If they don't, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong, but that's the point that I want to know about it so mm -hmm. that I can have her talk about it with her and see if I need to get her checked out. So we start to think about fetal movements, but not in the same way we'll think about them in the third trimester. That's going to change. Um, now that doesn't apply less than 24 weeks because lots of women aren't feeling anything until that point okay. and that's okay. The other things we want to start to know about are differing types of pain or discomfort. Hmm. Um, primarily, we're starting, we start again in the, that last month or so of the second trimester to be thinking about the symptoms of preterm labor. Mm. Um, so I want to know about painful contractions. And contractions are, once you've had them, you know what they are. But if you've never had one, it's a really like nebulous type of thing yeah. to understand, right? Yeah. So I sort of explain it as 
it feels like your belly tightens into a tight ball. Scrunches up. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it like starts in your core and then sort of comes out. And often sort of even that pain will radiate down women's hips and thighs around their lower backs. And it'll, it's like getting clenched in a painful vice. Mm -hmm. Squeezing. So fun. It'll last about, yeah, sounds great. It'll (laughs) last about 60 seconds or so. Um, It'll sort of build peak in intensity and go back down over a total of about 60 seconds. It's okay to feel some of those, but in this stage of pregnancy, if you feel more than about four or five of those in an hour, we want to know about that because that can be a sign of Mm preterm labor. Um, So that's about every 10 to 15 minutes for a full hour. If you just feel two or three and then they go away after you drink some water or lay down and rest because you've been all active, you've been at the fair or whatever, Mm -hmm, it's always the time we see it, always the fair, Um, then that's completely fine. It's not a concern. If you're feeling tightening, but it doesn't hurt at all, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like really tight, but it doesn't hurt, that's not a preterm labor contraction. Hmm. You don't really need to worry about that at all. It's a Braxton Hicks contraction. Oh, okay. Yep. That's what a Braxton Hicks feels like. It feels like your belly tightens into a big tight ball, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really hurt at all. Yeah. Those we get to ignore. They have no meaning. Sometimes it's hard to to parse out what there. Look for the idea of discomfort. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it's tight, but it's not painful, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. Interesting. Mm -hmm. If it goes away with Tylenol and water and sitting down, it's not the real thing. Mm -hmm. None of those sorts of things will ever stop either preterm labor or real labor. They just... It's Tylenol and water. They can't do that, right? Right. It's not magic. But they're a great triage tool for the fake stuff. Yeah. If it goes away, it's the fake stuff. As a person who's chronically dehydrated yeah. all the time, because mm-hmm. I'd rather drink coffee than water, um, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, am I in preterm labor? Mm-hmm. No, you just haven't any water today, yes. silly lady. Pregnant women are always dehydrated. You need about 80 to 100 ounces of water a day when you're pregnant. You need so much more yeah. because you have all this, you have twice as, almost twice as much blood volume when you're pregnant than not. And the main component of blood is water. Mm-hmm. Um, your urine should consistently be pale yellow or colorless. If it's Mm -hmm. anything darker or brighter than pale yellow, you're dehydrated. So water will fix, I swear, like three quarters of your pregnancy, like problems, your headaches, your fatigue, Mm -hmm. your cramping, your fake contractions. (laughs) The solution is almost always water. Drink some water. Drink some water. Right. You're going to need it. That's what your triage nurse must say all the time. Yeah, lots of water. Drink some water. Have yeah. you had any water It's today? hard because people yeah. think they're well hydrated because it's so much more than what they might have drank before they were yeah. pregnant. It's just pregnancy changes all of it. Can I just have an IV like the entire time? <laughs> but I'm sure that's not really medically. It's a really bad idea. <laughs> it's just like it's I, a good thought. Especially when you have a bunch of other kids. That's right. I just don't drink water. Yeah. I probably should. All you can carry like a camel back, like a little backpack and just keep it up. Just, yeah. Do something, be cooking. I don't know if I put water in my problem. <laughs> you would if you were pregnant. Coffee. If I was Coffee. pregnant, yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. I feel like I, Second trimester is exciting. I had four kids and I feel like I still learned something <laughs> today. This is amazing. Um, what of all the things that we just chatted about, what do you think is the most important thing for people to know about the second trimester? Good question. Um, honestly, I probably go back to what I said at the beginning. The second trimester is the golden trimester. This is fun. You, so many really important things happen. I think people, I don't want to say they forget about it, but it feels less important to people. Mm-hmm. But in the second trimester, you get your baby bump. You start to feel your baby move. You have your anatomy ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to feel like a normal person. 
those are all really exciting things. Mm -hmm. This is, this is a really fun time to be pregnant. Right. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you. And join us next time when we chat about baby must-haves and please don't gets with Dr. Cole. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 